0: Hey Vicky, hey Selena, I just had a choking attack.
1: <laughs> she didn't give me the warning sign, Sit. you look like you're okay. Oh, well, <laughs> the universal sign for choking. That's right. Well, also, hello everyone. Hey y'all.
0: And welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. Welcome. <sighs> we are like well into season two now.
1: We are, episode 13.
0: 13, like over the hump, well over the hump. We're tracking along. Nope.
1: We're trucking along. Trucking and tracking.
0: I like that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: We're moving. We're 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 there.
0: Well, and we are semi-close to wrapping up our introspective time with a uh, Mr. Proust.
1: <sighs> oh, how I'll not miss you, Mr. Proust.
0: <clears throat> well, I got two tough ones coming at you today. Dag And so tough that I'm just gonna go ahead and tell the truth, which is that I told them to you ahead of time.
1: We didn't have to tell the truth on that. I she told it to me. Before we recorded our last episode, so I've not had tons of time to think about it, but I did think about it before that episode because I thought that's when she was going to ask them to me. Yeah, we changed her mind.
0: We gave ourselves like two minutes to think about it and still have any good answers. I've got nothing. Yeah. So I'm about to show off my smarts. (laughs) (laughs) Who, Nikki Mays, are your favorite writers?
1: <gasps> I think the way I'd like to attack this question is less about the favorite person and my favorite characteristics of writers that I enjoy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's how I'm going to attack this question to get me out of I have trouble remembering names of people and things right on the spot. That's just hard for me. Places. So I could read a thousand books by one person and I probably would forget their name. So what I can tell you is that some of my favorite books that I feel like I could read over and over again, or I feel like I read one time, but just is like a favorite of mine. Hyper descriptive Um Like, I can picture the whole book in my head without even barely trying. So you love Hemingway. Go on. (laughs) So, like, super descriptive. Um, I love plays on words. So, like, um, to take something um, that means one thing and then twist it into something to mean something different. Love that. Um, So people who are talented. Those are my favorite writers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like it when a writer can write. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, I want to echo the fact that, (laughs) minus the fact that I feel sort of dumb right now, (laughs) but, like, I could name writers... A uh, cool, you know, but also I'm not going to say and be like, I just love Hemingway sometimes when I'm in my home, just to read it. You know, I'm not, no, you know, I'm just not going to do that. I have read a wide variety of different authors over the years. Some very well known, some not as well known. Some I most, I couldn't remember their names. So I'm with you on that. I mean, I think it's different things that will attract me to a book. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that as I've gotten older, my taste in books have changed Hmm. because I'm actually, I don't really read that much fiction anymore. Mm. Or if I I read, or if I do, it's like historical fiction Mm -hmm. or something like that. So, um, I mean, and I still read fiction, but I don't know. I just feel like my tastes are really change or really changing. Um, so, and I don't like usually read unless it's a series. I'm not like, oh, this person got to read all their materials. Like, I, I don't necessarily operate like that. Um, so I think the way that I handled the question was to sort of think about when I have and who were those authors. And the thing is, is that it's been a while. Mm-hmm. But one is James Patterson. Um, I have probably read more of his books than anyone else's.
1: Yeah, he's probably written more books than anyone else probably so. He's got like a billion novels. They're
0: just page turners. Yeah. They're not hard, but they're thrillers and they're just interesting.
1: I th- I would say that's another characteristic of a writer that I really enjoy. If mm-hmm. if it's a book that I pick up and I just like I cannot stop reading. I right. need to know what's going to happen. Right. Whether it's a thriller or right now I'm reading the book um oh crap, what is it called? It's the one about uh if if America had ended up a Monarchy, mm-hmm. and it's like teen, adolescent teen book. That's oh, where you can always find book. me. It's teen fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and
0: like if we had like. Uh, if it, we had a king. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. If America had become a king.
0: I didn't even realize that was young adult when I picked it up.
1: The Washington Line, mm-hmm. if they had been the monarchy. I'm reading that one right now. Is it good? It's good. It's like one of those things where I'm like, they get you these characters you really like, these storylines that are compelling. They're not, you know, like life-altering. It's not Jack Kerouac or, you know, Poe. It's not things that, you know, you learned in school. But it's interesting. These are characters you like. It's well-written.
0: I feel like even though all of the stuff... Mainly the stuff that we read in school, I wound up not liking because I was being forced because you were forced to, to do it. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of this, the name of this episode, which is Great Expectations, mm. I thought it was terrible experience for me. Oh. Like, I felt personally attacked, oh. I just didn't like it. Oh. And so, um, you know, I, I feel like uh, all of those kind of touchstones of you know, literature, and I'm a lit minor, you mm. know, I it just. Eh, whatever. Give me, give me James Patterson. Not these days. <laughs> but once upon a time, and Kiss the Girls was my favorite. Uh, Judy Bloom is another one mm. for me, and the reason why is be- Okay, not only does she have books for children that I really enjoyed at that age, but then she does have books for adults like Summer Sisters Mm -hmm. that I grew up and really enjoyed too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really something to have that kind of success in in two very different genres. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's another person that stood out for me. And this is kind of... Different, but I actually like comedic writers too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've ever read any of Chelsea Handler's books,
1: uh, both her and Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling, I've read hers. Mindy,
0: man, but there's something about somebody who is just able to really, like you're saying, set up a scene. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, like, not just like a beautiful scene, like the whispers of the waters. You know, that sometimes will lose me, to be honest, but. This idea of like, just being able to do what a comedian's mind can do, mm-hmm. which is see a situation and a scenario and pick up on this thing that we all experience on a frequent basis mm-hmm. and be able to paint that picture. And we're like, oh my God, they see me. Right. You know? Um, and I think that Mindy Kaling did a really good job in that, um, mm-hmm. in her book. So those are mine. Mm. Well, that was hard.
1: That was really hard. Why would you do that to me, Proust? I thought we were friends. When he was writing these questions, there were a whole lot less writers to think about and a whole lot less books.
0: Technically, he didn't write these questions. He just popularized the game.
1: Well, back when the questions were written.
0: Yeah. We don't really know who did. Uh, two. <laughs> Question two. Mm-hmm. Or as I call it, 28. <laughs> Who is your hero of fiction?
1: Uh, good Lord in heaven. Who is your fiction? Your mm-hmm. fictional hero? Well, I already told you my joke
0: went off, Mike, which was Bella Swan from Twilight. I didn't
1: think that was a joke. I thought you were serious.
0: Oh, no, it was kind of... I mean, I don't know. I could make her into a hero. That's easy enough. Uh, I have one. Uh, yeah, I thought you had one for this one anyway. Go ahead. I
1: did, but then I forgot it, and now I remember it, and it's not as good as I wanted it to be. Okay. But I do actually have one. Say it. Oh, but does it count as fiction? Uh, he was a real person. Oh. But he was playing a character. Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He was a real person. Yeah. But his neighborhood wasn't, like, real. He was uh-huh. on a set. Uh-huh. That counts, right? And if that doesn't count, then I'm counting Daniel Tiger.
0: I think you can count whatever you want to count.
1: Mr. Rogers, he's a cool dude. Yeah. His yeah. Er, like the lessons he put out in the world were really cool. I love Mr.
0: Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea, Nikki. I Go didn't know to... we could pull from television shows. that's says fiction, right? Yeah. You can pull from anywhere. There wasn't any TVs in the days of
1: Proust. There wasn't James Patterson in the days of Proust. Well, that's a whole different level. What a weird line in the sand to draw at this point. So
0: in that case, then, I would say that uh, Black Widow from Marvel is mine.
1: Well, there you go. She's
0: a fictional character. You
1: were going to say Bella Swan. She's from a book. Oh. Not Twilight the movie. Oh, well, it's all the same. Uh, I'm more
0: highbrow than that. Because the other
1: thing I was thinking about truly was Jack from Titanic. Okay. Uh, because he really did save her life.
0: Oh, you like go true hero. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like in a but in like a um even a psychological way. Like right. he opened her eyes to a whole different experience and a whole different life that she could live mm-hmm. and an option for herself. And while she killed him, he saved her.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was my other thought. That was the one I thought of earlier.
0: Oh, I see. Okay.
1: So are you landing on um Black Bello? Widow? <laughs>
0: I just want to say, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She likes a strong female character. I
0: do. In fact, I couldn't even think of a man. (laughs)
1: Speaking of... All I could
0: think was of strong women.
1: Well, speaking of strong female characters, we have not one in this episode. We have two strong male characters. (laughs) Anthony and the T. Tommy Reed. So this is um, Season 2, Episode 13, Great Expectations. Hulu says that Anthony finds himself the unwilling business partner of a murdering ex-con who is planning to open a shop in Atlanta upon his parole. IMDB says, while Anthony's former inmate friend, T. Tommy Reed, offers him a job running his gift boutique, Mary Jo and J.D.'s respective children don't get along on their weekend together. Mm. Written by LBT, directed by David Trainer, and it aired January 4th, 1988. What a nice kickoff to the new year, meeting T. Tommy Reed mm-hmm. and possibly getting a new start in life for Anthony. Yeah. So th- I would say that the biggest general reaction for me, I would imagine this is for you as well, but we finally meet T. Tommy Reed. Absolutely. We've talked about him forever. Sure. We're finally meeting him. What did you think about him? Yeah. Did he meet your, expe- did he meet your great expectations?
0: Well, he is actually in my like category.
1: Really? So
0: I'll just skip to that.
1: Do it. Okay. So This is your show, Selena. Do what you want.
0: I think he's fascinating, and I want to know more about him and his life. I really thought that he was a great character. Um, And I I don't know. I just thought that his over-the-top vocabulary, Mm. like with the ladies, that sounded like he was flipping through that word of a day. Word of the Day uh, calendar pretty mm. quickly. Mm-hmm. That made me laugh, and I I liked it when he started listing off all the luxury items he grew fond of in prison. I mean, <laughs> that he read about. Um, and I don't know. There was just something about his demeanor that worked for me. I thought he was actually kind of charming. Uh, so I don't know. I'm guessing not the same for you. What did you
1: think? I think all of those things are true, but my takeaway was that's not what I was expecting. Oh, I see. So okay. he was charming. Um and I was expecting someone a lot harder. Um mm-hmm. because even we got little bits and pieces of that. That's how Anthony's described him this whole time. Like mm-hmm. the, one of the very early descriptions was a, the story about like a book on etiquette and then he like stabbed the guy in the arm for not doing the right thing or in the hand or something. So we have this image or i had this image in my head of this hard guy but who has a taste for the finer things and wants to elevate himself but he's going to step on everybody to get there mm-hmm. and so what i ended up getting out of the character in this episode the way he treated anthony the way he ended things with anthony i was just like "Who? that is not what i grew to expect of this character so maybe he reformed post-prison maybe he spent some time after anthony knew him getting to know himself i don't know He was one of the things I liked in this episode, and Uh I loved the idea that we finally got to meet this, like, legendary character with the caveat that he wasn't what I was expecting. So I just felt like that was sort of disappointing.
0: Yeah. I, okay, so I don't know. I mean, I think he's, I think he's crazy. You do? Yeah. Because he said at the end, he said, um, what, something about. What happened to the guy who told you no or something? It was something that alluded to the fact that he killed him.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, in a looking. previous, well, I, though I think in like a previous life.
0: Oh, so you think he's left all that behind?
1: I think so. I
0: That read like a threat to me.
1: Oh, not me. Ah, Not me because of something else he said earlier, but maybe.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Well, if it was a threat, it'd be good to see him again. Yeah. I definitely don't think he came off quite as sadistic as I thought he would have from some of those stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And he obviously really cared for Anthony. You
1: really liked Anthony.
0: In a a weird way. Like that. I mean, you could tell he kind of wanted to use him for whatever this endeavor was. Mm -hmm. But um, I like, I don't know. It just seemed to be like he looked up to Anthony in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, He thought a lot of him. Yeah. uh, Like we do. Yeah, I love Anthony. <laughs> he could run my boutique. Who knows?
1: Um, and he ca- He had some really nice nice ways of characterizing Anthony. Like, he said he was, what did he say, like, classy. Um, he, oh, he had just a few really nice things to say about Anthony. Like, this was a guy you knew, like, just carried himself really well, put off a good vibe, and, like you said, would be really good at running a, a, a boutique of all places. <laughs> or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, while we're on that train... So one of my general reactions, or stray observations, however you want to classify it, was about this business venture. Mm-hmm. So T. Tommy Reed's friends gave him fifty thousand to take over a um, a chic Atlanta boutique. Mm-hmm. And this this is an Ozark situation, yeah.
1: Oh, like a front. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: that's what I was assuming. Oh, I don't think he's changed his ways. Oh. I think, yeah, I think he was going to have Anthony as the front man for a place that's laundering money. Oh, cool. That was my guess. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I do really like the show Ozarks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true.
0: So I didn't know if you had that same impression. I did not. Yeah. See, this is where, you're the light and I'm the dark.
1: (laughs) I was like, You're you literally sitting
0: in the light right it's... now. I'm
1: literally in the dark. <laughs> He's turning his life around. He's making some big changes. Didn't occur to me. I just thought it was weird, but that makes a lot more sense thinking about that than it just kept hitting me. Like, why a boutique? Why our gift shop or something? Uh-huh. Like, why? I don't understand. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah.
0: I mean, but if okay, I'm just going to devil's advocate myself because pff, why not? If you go the flip side of that, if he really is about all of these luxury items, well, where else are you going to have sure. these luxury items but in, a but in a boutique? I think he really likes those things, though, and I think those are great items to have if you are going to also be running a, la- a money laundering business.
1: I will say I think Anthony definitely thinks something untoward is happening, yes. and that is that. I think that's the biggest reason he's saying no.
0: Well, and he's got the most reason to think that. Because mm-hmm. he was his cellmate for however right. many years. He knows him. <clears throat> so one of my actual uh, reactions was that, it was going to be a question for you. Which is, who do you think is in a worse situation in this episode? Mary Joe or Anthony? So we, didn't, we haven't really talked about Mary Jo yet. But she's on a staycation with her boyfriend. And his kid and his kids and her kids all trying to make this like the Brady bunch, but they are not. And then also well, I think that Anthony's being extorted by an ex-con. Yeah. So
1: what do you what do you think is I would have said Anthony either way mm, even okay. before. Only because I believe people can reform. Mm-hmm. I believe people can change their ways. I believe people can make a decision and change their life. I, if I were in Anthony's shoes, I would be afraid of inadvertently getting sucked back into a lifestyle or a group of people that I was trying desperately to claw my way out of. Uh, I think that it's possible people who have a history of crime and criminal activity, it's possible they could find themselves back in that lifestyle without even realizing it happened. Mm-hmm. So for someone like Anthony, I just think the chance of sliding into something inadvertently is just really... It's really high by going into business with T. Tommy Reed, even if T. Tommy was trying to change his life. Mm. So Anthony stood to lose more. So I felt bad for Anthony. Okay. But Mary Jo and Ted's storyline was my least favorite part of this episode, so.
0: Yeah. Oh, you did a me, JD.
1: Oh, yeah, whatever.
0: Whoever she's with.
1: Whatever that man's name is. Yeah. Whatever.
0: And I just, I can't, I'm just gonna have to say it. Nikki's in a sunspot. <laughs> You're literally lit up like a Christmas tree right now from my window, and I feel terrible. I am
1: so sorry. I like the sun. I, wish I just I can't a, see your face.
0: I wish I had a pair of sunglasses for you right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do look like you're bathing. Kyle calls me a sunflower because the sun will come out, and I'm like, ah. Well. I find it. Well, you're in your
0: happy place right now. I'm getting plenty of it. <laughs> uh, so I think the only other general reaction I had on this one was, what I would call a stray observation. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is Anthony and T Tommy being at the same restaurant as Mary Jo and JD. Mm. That felt convenient. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and I think that is sometimes the thing about sitcoms that I'm like, (laughs) it's just like, you're not really trying. It's fine.
1: I don't know where I put this. I feel like I wrote this somewhere, but that dinner was very fancy. no, to take five children out too?
0: Yeah. Well, he is a Braves
1: like recruiter. They make good money, don't they? It's less about the money and just more about oh, the atmosphere. Like yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I think we've already established that they didn't put up like the best.
1: <laughs> yeah. Trip. Yeah.
0: Um. So maybe we can remedy that
1: in our extra sugar this week on staycation activities. <laughs> maybe I have two strays for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a. Several times, at least twice, about Anthony, this character of Anthony. And how conniving is Anthony? Is he a criminal mastermind or no? Uh And he came up with that West Indian story like super fast on the phone when T. Tommy called. Which is
0: how T. Tommy identified him.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it just gave me another glimpse. I was just like, holy crap, Anthony can just turn it on. Mm -hmm. Like change a scenario and make it something quickly. Right. It's a little bit scary.
0: It's true. It's true. I think a little bit of that wore off for me after we got the episode where we find out that he was just like unknowingly the getaway car. Right. So, but it doesn't mean that he didn't pick up some tricks. Right. You know,
1: um, he, from his unjustly accused days. And desperate men can do a lot of things, I guess. Sure. So he had to quickly come up with something. So my second stray is like. Next door neighbor stray. Like, it's pretty stray. Okay. I'm pretty sure the B-roll shot they used outside the hotel where Mary Jo and JD were staying is the same hotel shot they used in the beauty pageant scene right before the beauty pageant.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's probably the only hotel in Atlanta at the time.
1: Right. Right. And at the time, when we recorded the beauty pageant episode, I believe we said, that looks nothing like a hotel in Atlanta. It had like a lake in the front, and it just didn't look like Atlanta at all.
0: Yeah, So as soon as it
1: popped up on the screen, I was like, I've seen that before.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I wish I had noticed it, because I did not.
1: That's why I'm here, Selena.
0: I know. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: So do we want to talk about what we liked about this? I think I already talked about my one thing that I really liked was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Finally be meeting T Tommy with the caveat that he wasn't what I thought he was going to be.
0: Yeah. I, so, and obviously that was a like for me. I, another one for me was Meshack's acting was really good. I thought mm. um, mm-hmm. the way he was really nervous around T Tommy throughout He's the like episode. Sweating at one point. Well, if you'd seen somebody like stab someone yeah. a few
1: times, yeah,
0: I think, that would uh, bring up some fears.
1: And I feel like T. Tommy, like, tracked him down super fast in a non-Google world. Yeah. A non-Facebook world. I think he has a network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're bringing me around on the fact that T. Tommy is still in the underbelly of society.
0: Well, this reminds me. I had uh, something kind of exciting for you. Maybe. Oh. I felt like they, they put Mary Jo in a decent-looking outfit. Oh, towards the end of this episode. And I took a picture of it and let's see if I can find it before I'm 103. Oh, here we go. So she's got on a green top. It's fitted. Mm-hmm. Black pants, a nice belt. Yeah. Um, It just, I don't know. It looks sophisticated. They're not like making her into like a little girl just because she's petite. Yeah. So... I thought that was a pretty
1: good one. Yeah, and the, the clothes weren't swallowing her up. That's true.
0: Yeah, so I thought I just had to share that, and I was—I finally remembered to take a picture of an outfit for the first time, so that was exciting.
1: And as you're saying that, I'm remembering I had an outfit picture for you for the last episode.
0: Oh, forgot it. All right. That well, ah, well, another day. Yeah. Um, so. I, that's all I had. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was a lot of general observations in this one. And yeah. not much else, really. What about things you didn't like? Really just that I, I, I don't, uh, there wasn't really <laughs> there's was a whole thing. No. Um, just that I didn't have much to really dig into. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of went by. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I thought the staycation storyline was so silly.
0: Mm. -hmm.
1: I wish they'd gone camping or something. Camping would have been ripe with activities and plenty of things. Shenanigans, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like they would have gotten the opportunity to work as a
0: team,
1: you know, like I I don't know, to build a shelter from the rain or something or get to know each other better somehow. I, I guess the only reason they did that was to keep her close enough by so that she and Anthony could end up at the same restaurant so they could have a passing interaction.
0: Yeah. I just
1: wasn't sure how much bonding was expected going to a theater to watch Benji or sitting at a really fancy restaurant where the kids couldn't be kids. Right. So
0: I don't know. Yeah. Or kids at an art museum. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I'm the only weirdo that like doing that. Yeah. (laughs) You know,
1: I think there of, of, what was it? Is it four kids or five kids? Five. So as of, of five kids, probably one of them would have enjoyed it. But that's, like, taking a real shot in the dark on the rest of the kids. Yeah. Yeah, And then even, like, the movie. Their age ranges were all over the place. So, like, the little ones wanted to watch. I mean, that little girl wanted to watch Dirty Dancing. She didn't even want to watch Benji. And the older kids didn't even want to be there. So I just, I don't know. I would have picked something a little more realistic.
0: Get with it, guys. That's what we're trying to say. (laughs) Try harder. Try harder. Well, does that mean that we're already ready to Holy rate molly. this sucker?
1: Fastest episode ever. Whoa,
0: I... whoa. Time check.
1: We're at 27 minutes.
0: And we spent about 15 minutes talking about the two questions we couldn't
1: answer. <laughs> this is a record for the books. Well, let's rate it. Okay. I was, my rating scale was prison gift shops.
0: Oh, I like it. I like it. What's yours? Uh, mine's, I have to decide
1: if I want to steal yours.
0: Mine's uh, forced good times. Oh, I do like A Forced Good Time.
1: Well, either way, I'm giving it two out of five. Okay. Um, I thought this was a real letdown of an episode. Like you said, it just sort of went by. Mm-hmm. But then beyond that, I feel like we built up T. Tommy Reed so much. And he was just a big old softie. <laughs> like, I could have uh-huh. gone for a veiled threat against the server at dinner. Or, like, something unkind to one of the women. Like, if we're going to say that maybe he's not fully reformed, like, I would have liked to have seen those rough edges a little bit. Yeah,
0: come on, LBT. Couldn't he just punch Suzanne in the face (laughs) or
1: something? One time. That's all it would have taken. (laughs) Um, So I actually liked, like you said, I actually liked him, but I didn't really want to after everything we'd heard about him. Um, I felt like Anthony, it's funny you say that Meshach Taylor, his acting was really good. I felt like his character fell a little flat in this episode. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like he could have just shined some more. This is an episode all about him and this storyline and this character that we've heard so much about for so many episodes. And then just to sort of be like, huh? I don't know. It really took everything in him to stand up to this guy. And it actually took someone else starting to stand up to him first. I don't know. I just felt like he fell a little flat. The staycation was super boring with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like if i'm one of those kids and my mom and my dad are getting together i'm forced in with these other siblings and then you make me go to a fancy sit-down dinner and possibly make me miss my football game to go watch benji at 15 i'm gonna be cheesed off yeah and that just didn't work out yeah
0: well i feel like mine was my rating looks a little high I'm like, I hate this episode now.
1: Go with it, Selena. I
0: just felt average about it, but for some reason I gave it a 3.5. Oh. Which is like, that's like a B plus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I just, there wasn't really anything that I really loved, except I really enjoyed T. Tommy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, thought he, I just thought he was interesting. I would like to see a spinoff show with T. Tommy.
1: So, I guess, did you look into the actor at all? it did
0: cuz i i re- but i didn't i didn't write anything down cause,
1: the only reason uh. i'm asking that is cuz i wrote I, I didn't write it down i remember one thing from reading about him and the actor said at one point um, he has a face that's made to be a hardened criminal mm-hmm. he was like i knew when i got into acting the kind of character people were going to hire me to be mm-hmm. this face is made for that okay. and i thought that was so funny cuz he does like you look at him and you go oh i get that
0: Well, and, like, where I do know him from is Con Air. Yes. (laughs) With Nicolas Cage. Right. So, um, and I remember, like, liking his character a lot. I think, I don't know, he just has, like, good timing. And I think, I don't know, he comes off as, Mm -hmm. like, um, down to earth or something. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. just something that works there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to say that he's, I, I don't know why this actor's name is escaping me now. But, you know. I'm not saying he's like in the upper echelons of Academy award winners or anything, but he just got a certain something. Right. Um, and well, so, he made you
1: like him in mm-hmm. 12 minutes on screen. That's, that's true. Yeah.
0: And, and I, I'm with you though. Cause I, what I did like is that we got an episode focused on Anthony, but again, it was just one of those ones where I was just like, eh, okay. Yeah. Um, which was kind of like disappointing, but I did think it was an interesting idea. To take someone that we've heard about but never seen mm-hmm. and give us a chance to react to them, yeah, which is a tall order, mm-hmm. and it can always go, well, I guess a one of a thousand ways, but you know, usually it's going to go good or bad. Um, so for me, I think the showing was good. I just think maybe the plot line could have used some love, and I agree that this it was. It's not even just that the staycation was like mitt but also just that it was like kind of a weird pairing with this one. I think.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Um, I think maybe we could have gotten up something that was on more
1: equal footing. I don't know. Or like have them intertwined in some way. Besides so, the meeting in a restaurant, right? Right.
0: Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of weird. I guess. <laughs> so yay. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, is there any combos? that you had no nope. I only had one which was both that it was in the south and unknown to me which is Lake Pontchartrain <laughs> Lake Pontchartrain uh-huh. okay thank you and that is a a brackish estuary
1: located in
0: southeastern Louisiana so now you know
1: you would have known that if you took our Louisiana day quiz on Instagram I did
0: take that quiz oh well. I got
1: that one right too it's the, lo- the longest bridge over water in the world, the Pontchartrain Causeway.
0: Oh, okay. Hey, that
1: but is that's about the, the bridge. It's the, you go over that lake to get to New Orleans. Mm. And Kyle and I went to New Orleans many years ago and getting on the bridge, there was a gigantic gator that had gotten stranded somehow on the bridge. And they oh. were using a crane to get him off. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's just the most New Orleans thing. I took your quiz.
0: Okay. <laughs> I always do. Okay. I did. I got a hundred. Okay. It's true. <laughs> Casey got that one wrong, by the way. Oh, bummer. Uh, it, mine was a total guess. I don't even know how I got that one right, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, since I also forgot it. So. <laughs> um, 80s things.
1: Looking up movies in the paper. As well as the movies, Benji the Hunted, mm-hmm. which sounds a lot more dark and desolate than it is. Is it about a pup? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just sounds very scary. Uh, they also talked, I think, about The Princess Bride and Dirty Dancing, which are all very 80s movies. Incidentally, Dirty Dancing, I think, might have been the first VHS that was ever wholly mine that I got. It's
0: a wonderful movie. My
1: grandmother sent it to me.
0: It's a wonderful movie. And it is such a good movie. Princess Bride, also a wonderful movie.
1: I'm going to level with you that I'm still not sure I've seen that whole
0: movie.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, Where's my movie list? I never think about this until later. That's okay. We'll just play it back. (laughs) We'll play it back. I'll write it down. Hopefully maybe could happen. Uh, So I had that on there. I called it an 87 movie dump. And then also calling your server a waitress just Mm -hmm. felt old school Mm -hmm. instead of you know, Sometimes
1: story. I accidentally still say it.
0: Me too. And it's I an was accident. one. Yeah. Southern Things. I didn't
1: have any. Well, I had Lake Pontchartrain, but you got that one already. Johnny Cash. Thanks for that. Oh, sorry. Oh, Johnny Cash. Yeah.
0: So we got a reference to him. And then that was my only one, though. I feel like maybe I missed something, but I don't think so. Everything was pretty generic.
1: It really was.
0: Uh, references that you looked up or that we need to talk about? I don't have any. The only thing I did was I, I looked back at that list of the finer things oh, uh-huh. that he mentioned, uh, T. Tommy mentioned, just because I was just curious. Um, some of them I had heard of, other ones I was less familiar with, or I just didn't understand, like, what makes this a thing? Mm. So Wedgwood China was the one I was the most familiar with, mm-hmm. just because Wedgwood's like that blue color uh but i just looked up and saw that it was first established in 1759 in england um and the pretese sheets were Mm. also mentioned Mm -hmm. and so i was just curious about that one as well uh i was not familiar with that are they silk it's it's just egyptian cotton oh so i didn't really understand but egyptian cotton does have a higher thread count that makes it stronger softer and more luxurious in case you needed to know, the Belgian lace, it's a thing. Eh, I don't know. It's just like, I went down a whole rabbit hole about lace making. I am not going to do that to y'all. Please but if say. you want to do it to yourself, I'll link to the article. And then, um, Lailik crystal Crystal, Lalek, Lalek, he mentions one of the two. Is it
1: Irish or Scottish?
0: It is French, actually. Oh. I know this is another one where I thought maybe you would... You might, you were going to fix my pronunciation for me. Mm -mm. But anyway, so it's been around since 1888. It's pretty, it's very expensive. And I'll just say this. I don't really just get jazzed over crystal. So I don't know. It's
1: fine. That's why we are, we are in the uh, class that we are. (laughs) You're not fancy enough for crystal. I feel like a rich person's listening right now and they're like, that's why you're middle class. (laughs) You don't know what it is.
0: Well, the only other thing I thought about is like, I do have this, um, like a Waterford crystal vase that my dad got me when he was in Ireland years ago. A funny fact, I don't think Waterford crystal is even made in Ireland anymore. It's actually made in the U.S. now. But, I mean, it's pretty, but I, I mainly just treasure it because it's something my dad gave me. Mm. More
1: so that I'm like, oh, look at this crystal balls I have. Mm. So, I don't know. It's just not for me. I, I also think things like crystal and China, you, yeah, you have to be so particular about whether they were made in the right place because there's a lot of China that's been reproduced over the years. And it, it's nice. It looks lovely. And if you like it because it looks lovely, that's fine. But if you like it because it has value, you have to make sure that the thing you have Actually has value because sure. a lot of these things are reproductions. Sure. So, like Wedgwood china, I think is one where they have like over time um, stopped making it in the same handmade way that they used to. Mm-hmm. Now it's mass produced. You can buy it at Macy's on sale on Black Friday. Right. Just doesn't have the same value.
0: And I, and I do get that for sure. Um, and I but I don't know. I think sometimes it is just the history of that, or like I don't know, like the love or care or something that they put into an item or whatever, or like the history of the kind of person that makes something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, so like, because I think the guy who started Wedgwood, like, it sounds like he was a pretty colorful person. Mm. And so those are the things that intrigue me more than anything else. But it's also that kind of thing I'll read and not come here and share with you. So (laughs) you're welcome. Cut lines.
1: I had a lot of, insignificant ones but a couple that i will call somewhat significant okay the first one i'll say because we get a bingo entry and i think we've agreed cutline bingo entries can count uh yeah it, it doesn't really matter except that um anthony is saying he gets off the phone with t tommy reed i think it is and um Suzanne says, you mean that was like, that's the meanest guy on your cell block? And Anthony looks at her and he's like, how do you know? And she goes, you pick up things lying around. Um, And somebody says, Anthony, you mean this is the person you've told us about all those terrible stories during your unfortunate incarceration? So we got one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, We got a throwback to a previous T. Tommy Reed anecdote. Uh, Is that the guy that checked the book out of the prison library on table manners and then stabbed an inmate for serving him from the wrong side? Mm -hmm. And Anthony says, Right. That one's important because then um, in the very next line, Anthony references that book and says he checked out a book on dancing next. So there's like a little bit of an inconsistency in the anecdotes because of the cut lines. Mm. So Anthony says like the table, like after the table manners book, but you haven't heard him mention the table manners book. Sure. So you have to really be able to go way back in time. So there were just some that made the continuity a little unclear
0: yeah those were the ones that I marked as maybe important just because it's it's giving us some reminders and it's kind of and I think maybe that's why he seemed like even less of a bad guy Mm -hmm. because you don't get some of those things about him I mean they do talk about him cutting somebody's head off so (laughs) but he also has a nice vocabulary (laughs) it's fine he likes crystal He's a stand up individual. Um, and then I had
1: three that
0: I marked as not important, <laughs> but they were there. So there, you there go. were
1: several. Yeah. So the next one, episode 14, second time around. Yes, yes, yes. It's a romance episode. Tis. So we'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. Email sweetteaTVpod at gmail.com. And we're on the World Wide Web. At www.sweetttv.com. And I think you already alluded to this, but this week's Extra Sugar, it's all about the staycation. Yeah. Atlanta specific, no?
0: That's right. Well, sure.
1: Uh oh. I might have gone a little she bit faster. She stretched south the, the rules.
0: Ireland's close enough, right? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Nikki's worried oh, now. no. Don't worry. I won't mess it up. And, uh, you know what? Let's go on and get to staycations, and we're just going to see you around the bend. Bye. Welcome to this week's edition of Extra Sugar. Well, we've already told you about 15 times, guys. We're talking about staycations. Staycations.
1: Hopefully one that's slightly better than Mary Jo and JD's.
0: And hopefully I didn't make Nikki too nervous when I expanded the ring of staycations to Ireland. You know I'm not good with directions.
1: I'm very nervous now.
0: No, no, no. Don't be nervous. Okay. Just to quickly revisit, we get this whole B plot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mary Jo, JD, they're staycationing with their kids. Do they even call it staycationing? We're just doing that, right? We're just
1: calling it that, yeah.
0: Okay, because I don't think that terminology even came around until like maybe 10 or 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think that it was something that was caused like after the 08 recession. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were staying home because there wasn't a lot of funds to go do the things. Um, or you could say we were investing in our local economies. Sure. Whatever you want to do there. But they talk about in the episode, you know, they're going to the zoo and the art museum. But it's all very broad because most cities have an art museum. Right. Many cities have a zoo, you know, that kind of thing. One thing that struck me right off the bat was if this was 1988 and they were in Atlanta and they were already going to the zoo, don't you think they would have gone to the cyclorama? Do you know what the cycloroma is?
1: I know what it is. I've never been there.
0: Okay. So maybe that is only something that
1: you go to if you're on a field trip. I think it might be. Yeah. I've looked it up before. It doesn't look like something I want to spend my Saturday doing.
0: It's not there anymore. Oh, it's not there anymore? No. They closed it down to be restored, I think, in 2017. And then... I think they opened it back up last year. It's now somewhere over there with, like, the Atlanta History Center.
1: Oh, I had no idea.
0: um, For those of you who... I missed it. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, a cyclorama is basically, like, a round room of murals (laughs) that tells a story. I'm sure someone who knows the history of cycloramas is, is like, wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we're in the South.
1: They're probably, like, right, but that's not it. There's more.
0: There is more. It's like, that was the closest you were getting to a movie back in the day. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, we're in the South and this was in Atlanta. So this one was like, uh, basically a battle scene in the civil war. Mm. Um, and then in the law, lo- wasn't the lobby, but like before you got into the actual circular room, there was like an 1800s locomotive out there. In the inside, that was the coolest part. It was terrible, but just to be clear, everything that they're talking about sounded pretty terrible. This is true. So um, I was just thinking in terms of like Atlanta-specific things mm-hmm. instead of like these very vague references. Yeah. So let's talk about
1: staycations. Let's
0: let's do it. Have you been on one or yes. stayed on one?
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. So how do you define a staycation?
0: I I think that's a great question. I think it's like something you can do. And I will tell you, it's challenging for me because I think a staycation and a day trip to me feel very similar.
1: So the reason I'm asking you this question is because um, in thinking about this segment, I was thinking, I've definitely spent a lot of time at home around Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Uh, COVID, but also pre-COVID. I just like... I don't know, like when we were young and first married, there wasn't a lot of money for vacations, So we'd stay around town. There's also a lot in Atlanta proper. I just haven't had it done. And so getting a chance to do all those things. So staying in the Atlanta area, I've done. But when I searched staycations around Atlanta, just to sort of jog my memory, if there were some big milestones I was forgetting or whatever, um... They suggest everything, like up to Helen. They suggested mm-hmm. down to the Barrier Islands. I always forget what those are called, like Cumberland Island and those sorts of places. Mm. That feels to me like a vacation. So
0: my thing would be like, are you staying the night? Because if you're staying the night, then it doesn't, it no longer... It's not staycation.
1: Me, That's the whole right. point, right? Right.
0: Well, and I guess in this in this case, they are spending the night at that hotel. Right. So let's just say... The definition will be a little loosey-goosey with it. For me, and what I was going to share as mine, is something that I did that sounds like s- similarly timed, but also for similar reasons. Oh. Um, which was that, you know, the money wasn't flowing <laughs> super fast. Mm. So uh, right around the time I graduated, we, we did take a week off of work, but we didn't have money for like... Air, airplane tickets and like you know fancy hotels anywhere or anything like that so instead like every day we would just go and see something else that was local which mm-hmm. by the way is also not cheap yeah I know it adds up yeah all those tickets can get pricey so one day we went to like the Atlanta Botanical Gardens and another day we went to the Atlanta Zoo or we went to Stone Mountain not a mountain by the way but I digress. It's
1: exposed granite.
0: That's right. The largest piece of exposed it granite. Is. It's wonderful. I took geog geology. Geology. Same.
1: I think it was geography oh, though. Physical geography. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Physical I, geography.
0: I took I took anything that kept me out of anything that was really too sciencey for me.
1: I paid a lot of money for a class that allowed me to say exposed granite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or a Mamadnock. Mamadnock. That's the
1: technical Oh, for exposed term. granite. mm mm-hmm. ah. There you go. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Did it feel worth the price? <laughs> <laughs> I paid too much. Uh, State of Georgia paid too much.
0: And then Georgia Aquarium. That mm-hmm. was another thing that we had done as well. Yeah. So, those were that was for me now, but even we couldn't by the end. I think the we could only afford to get away for just the weekend. So the weekend we went to Charleston. Mm. And all through the week, we just went to all of those different, like, Atlanta spots. So that was my experience.
1: Okay. I mean, we have done, so, like, we have done where we'll go to an Atlanta United game. We've done this a couple of times. And um, the kids will stay with grandparents for the night. And Kyle and I have gotten a hotel room in the city. And so we'll go to the game and then take an Uber to a restaurant and then go back to the hotel and stay at a hotel. Because sometimes just staying at a hotel is fun. And you can get a good deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we've done that just so we don't have to drive all the way home. Um, but I've also done just a lot of not planning a whole vacation around it necessarily. But planning like maybe a long weekend. Planning one activity for the long weekend day so that we can do something we don't normally do. And you sort of do have to force yourself out of like your own town and get in town so that you can not be tempted by cleaning house or cooking or meal prepping or whatever. So mm-hmm. I kind of, um, we, we've done a few different things. We've never really done what you just described, mm-hmm. which is planning a week to stay home and do things.
0: Right. I mean, we literally call it a staycation and I think it was yeah, because- Yeah, we haven't done that. It was like a thing that people were doing right. at the time right um that was like a big deal it more now today and some of the things that I'll share cuz I what I'd like us to do is like talk about some spots that we would absolutely recommend right cuz there's a lot of things to do mm-hmm. um more today it's like uh i mean i know the sayings like really trite now but like a sunday fun day yeah. like what can you do just to get out of the house Right. Today. Right. You know, and really get away to your point so you're not getting dragged into all of these like things that we have to do on a regular basis. And I do, I am also of the same variety of like, you've got to get me out of the house or I will start doing housework.
1: Yeah, I'll just spiral. And the next thing you know, I'm like organizing photo albums. And I never intended to do that. I'm not sure why I'm doing that, but I'm here and it's there. So, sure. Why not just spend your whole (laughs) Sunday cleaning
0: out drawers? It's what a good time. When, what better time to do it than today? Um, So tell me, what are some places that you would just absolutely recommend? If someone, let's just say someone moved to Georgia, um, like what should they absolutely put on their bucket list?
1: So I split mine up into three categories of the things that appeal the most to me. Okay. Get outside. Okay. Go to a concert, game, or performance. Mm -hmm. And eat. Wonderful. (laughs) So you mentioned Stone Mountain. Uh I think if you're visiting Atlanta and you like to be outside, you like to explore things, Stone Mountain is super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It there is a hike that you can do up to the top of the quote unquote what did you call it monic monogram monogram. I had to write that thing down. Exposed piece of granite. Mm -hmm. You can you can hike up it. It's a nice hike. It's a good workout. I'm a mad Knock. There you go. There's a train that goes around the bottom, but then there's a lot of others. So, like Stone Mountain is the one everybody talks about because it is like pretty much right outside the city. You don't have to go very far. But if you go up north, like to Kennesaw, um, there's some really cool hiking and exploring to do. Like I think Kennesaw Mountain, mm-hmm. and there's another Blood Mountain or something. There's all kinds of mountains that, like, if you're in the city of Atlanta, it takes you an hour to get there, maybe. Right. Um, the Soap Creek Ruins are really cool. Um, they are, it was a factory, wasn't it? It was, mm-hmm. it was a factory. That and burnt so now down or something? it, it burned it. So it was multiple types of factories over time. Mm-hmm. There was like, it was a power, like a wind, uh, water power mill at one point. It was like a leather mill or something it burned down. The ruins are there and you can kind of hike through them. And it's very cool. Um, totally random. Then, uh, the silver comet trail. Like if you like to bike or run, this is a trail that starts, um, North of Atlanta in Smyrna, it goes 63-ish miles to the Alabama line, and then it continues on into Alabama. It's a different – it's Chief Chief Something in Alabama. There's a whole other name for it, but it keeps going. I've actually ridden my bike 63 miles and done the whole trail all the way up to the Alabama state line. Literally the state line. That's pretty cool to do. Right. So like if you like to get outside, there's a lot of outdoorsy stuff to do in Atlanta. Sure. That was my first category.
0: Okay. And that that is cool. And I would like to just tack on to that. Mm -hmm. Um, This idea that um, I do think that's something that makes Atlanta unique is that you can get that kind of feeling while you're still in the city. I mean, you can't do that everywhere. Mm -mm. Um, And in fact, Atlanta is so successful at that and green spaces that they have been consulted by areas all around the country um, for guidance on what they've been able to achieve here. I have put this in honorable mentions, but since we're talking about some outdoorsy things, I'll go ahead and mention that um, East Palisades trails mm. are really cool where the bamboo forest is. Yes,
1: I've seen pictures of that.
0: <clears throat> That's really fun. Um, and you, you sort of, the whole trail you're just walking alongside the Chattahoochee, which is pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the bamboo forest is it's just cool. Like it's just, you're suddenly in the midst of these towering bamboos it's for crazy. about an acre or so. Um, and it's just a good time. Or if you're going up in the North Georgia mountains, um, I love Dahlonega and Blue Ridge and Helen, and you can do hiking or tubing or horseback riding. I've never horseback ridden up there, but you can I do have. it. You can do it. Yeah. Um, so those things are all really great. Gibbs Gardens. Oh, yeah, it's
1: pretty. Is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially in the spring when they do, is it the tulips? Or tulips, the... Yeah. yeah.
0: I haven't been there for the tulips, but I have been there in the fall when they were really promoting like the Japanese gardens, mm-hmm. Japanese mm-hmm. maple gardens. And I mean, it. every picture I took looked like a screensaver. It's crazy. Um, and Gibbs is, he's the, owns the landscaping company for those who are like, Gibbs Garden, what's that? Um, and and basically, he, he lives there, but he's opened up these beautiful gardens that's just like acres and acres and acres for people to come and just walk around in. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really a sight. But my number one for this category. I think we sort of categorized or similarly just, mm-hmm. I didn't name them necessarily, but mine would be cloudland Canyon. Oh, uh-huh. so for those who haven't been, it's, it's a, about a five mile hike round trip and there's, and this is in Northwest Georgia. There's just like waterfalls. There's a boulder filled Canyon floor. And then it's like, you're wrapping up the hike. Um, there's these meadows that you sort of track back through and then the warm weather, they have like wildflowers and stuff growing out there. And then i have only been once, but on the way back, what we did is we like, you know, basically like traipsed through all of these like wildflowers on the way back in these meadows and then sat down and had a picnic. So that's cool. It was a really, it was a really lovely day. And it's, you know, I've, I've been a, to, Uh, quite a few places around the country and it's one it's some of the most breathtaking views i've ever seen this was number one right
1: (laughs) this was number one yeah
0: (laughs) we're doing great um do you want to uh, share with us your second spot
1: i get really passionate about the outdoorsy ones, so my next two are a lot faster seeing a concert gamer performance atlanta has really cool sports teams we've talked about the braves at length we have atlanta united the soccer club um we have like the Fox Theater, which is, like, is close to, like, kind of a Broadway experience that you could get. It's beautiful. I
0: love the Fox.
1: That's a cool place to go. Um I put this in here. It's not really a concert game or performance. It kind of fits in this category. But you mentioned a minute ago the aquarium. You can do like a behind the scenes at the aquarium. It's a little bit more. It, it's more expensive. I won't say a little bit. I don't know exactly. It's more expensive. But I treated Kyle to that for his birthday or something one year. And like they take you on this platform, this raised path, and then walk you by where like the whale shark tank is. Mm-hmm. So you can look over and see the whale shark like swimming right under you. It's yeah. very cool.
0: Yeah, that's neat.
1: And then, like, where Atlanta United plays at Mercedes-Benz, they always have a concert. There's just always a show there, and it's a very cool place to go.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a nice stadium. I mean, you know how much I love sports. But but concerts. Actually, haven't... I don't think I've been to any events
1: there except for... Sporting sporting events. events. Yeah. I think I saw Taylor Swift there. I think I saw her at the Georgia Dome one year, and then the next time, she was at Mm Mercedes-Benz. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. It's a cool venue. Yeah.
0: Um... So, my second one, this is why I kind of got, like, when you said just Atlanta, right? My Mm. second one is Chattanooga. Oh, yeah, that's not Atlanta. Which is in Tennessee. (laughs) But the reason I chose Chattanooga is because it's a totally achievable day trip. Um, so you can go up there early in the morning and you can have a very full day there and then come back and still be in your own house, your own bed and your own PJs at night. I don't Mm -hmm. know why sleeping in Chattanooga wouldn't necessitate being in someone else's PJs, but whatever. (laughs) Which depends on where the day takes you. You know what I'm saying? Um, But they've got like a good beer scene up there. Uh, Also, the vibe is just nice. It kind of reminds me of Asheville. It's a little bit of that granola, hippie, hipster vibe. But there's also like just everything I've ever had up there restaurant-wise has been really tasty. Um, I love the the bridge that's over the river up there Mm -hmm. that's like it's a walking bridge i think when they do their triathlon they run across that bridge um the scenery right there overlooking the tennessee aquarium but also some other little exploration see and do's that they have or it's just really pretty it's very quaint um and a tennessee aquarium i have been to many aquariums um around this country uh because Casey loves an aquarium and Tennessee Aquarium is still my favorite Hmm. um I don't know what it is about it they have like an indoor part and outdoor part there's just a lot to explore and I just really love it so that one's a number two for me and what's your what's your number three
1: eating (laughs) just in general there's all kinds of cool restaurants you can get like southern we're back in Atlanta Sorry. Yes, I'm. I define staycation as our area. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can get like traditional Southern food. Like Mary Max Tea House in Atlanta does like very Southern traditional food. Um, but you can also do like Southern fusion. Um, and there are a lot of restaurants in Atlanta that um, people from other cultures have come in, sort of taken Southern cuisine, mixed it with other types of cuisine, and made very delicious food. Some of my like. Call out restaurants to say if you're staying in Atlanta. Um, Bones and Buckhead. Some people think it's overrated. That's the best steak I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Um, If you're coming into like Gwinnett, uh, Luciano's in Duluth. Incidentally, a friend just sent me a TikTok of this one because it was like reviewed by a food blogger or whatever. Uh, It's in a Kroger shopping center. It is so unassuming, but it is delicious Italian food. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have a lot of... um, Again, in Gwinnett and then that like Buford Highway area in Atlanta, there's a lot of Asian style restaurants that are delicious. But in Gwinnett, we're known for like Korean barbecue. And apparently over by Gwinnett Place Mall, there's a place called Iron Age. They've opened Mm -hmm. a couple other ones. Apparently it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I haven't done it yet, but everybody says it's delicious. So I feel like I have to call that out.
0: Yeah, so I think I've been to six, seven, eight a few times up here. Um, mm. But Iron Age is one of the more popular ones. Um, but I mean, it's just some of the best Korean barbecue just around, and there's so many different options. And Korean barbecue is so good. Yeah,
1: it's delicious. So that was my eating category.
0: Yeah. Well, I had some um, restaurants that sort of fits into the narrative of my number three, and my number three is the Atlanta Beltline. Oh. So I came back. I joined you. Good. Um, so for those who don't know what the Atlanta Beltline is, this is a massive undertaking to connect 45 in-town Atlanta neighborhoods. And what they're doing in order to achieve that is they're using these former railroad corridors as the footprint.
1: And that's actually, sorry, just to interrupt real quick, that's actually what the Silver Comet Trail is. And what makes it possible to have 63 miles of trails is they paved over a former railroad
0: okay. I, now that I did not know, um, that they were also doing a similar thing there. I've seen that done, um, in other parts of the country too. So yeah. I, I like it when we take old things and make them new. Yeah. I mean, the infrastructure is already there. Why not take advantage? Absolutely. Don't reinvent the wheel or something like that. Right. Uh, and so the other thing with this is that it's, Okay, so the Atlanta Beltline has been in progress for a really long time, for about 15 years. It's expected to finish by 2030. I mean, it's a big undertaking, <laughs> oh, that's crap. why. I know. It's a, it's a lot of work, though, and it costs a lot of money. Um, when it's conf- when it's finished, though, it will connect the whole city with 20 to 30 miles of trails, parks, all of that good stuff. But I, I will say, too, though, one thing that I have forgotten about until I look back into just the history of the Beltline is that it was someone's... Um, like school project. It was a paper. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that that's your, like your paper led to this thing that's like transforming an entire city? This is what I'm saying with time. It's what happened with all my college papers. (laughs) So uh, there's already a bunch of sections that are already completed and it's making it one of the more unique in town experiences that you can have with access to great food, different watering holes and a, a ton of shopping um, if that's something that you want to do. I'm so shop and then carry your bags around. Just want to just, yeah, just shop and shop and shop, and then just die in all your packages. But so Pont city, city Market is the most well-known food hall, I would say, in the city. And um, again, there's lots of high-end shopping there. Not something that I've been doing a lot of partaking in. I might view, um, but it was actually, it's formerly in the old Sears and Roebuck building it's the same group who did Chelsea Market in New York City. Mm. Um if you've been there, I've been to Chelsea Market. I it's lovely. I think Pont City Market is actually prettier. Mm. Um there's other development projects that are also going, coming along that fall on the Beltline, like Lee and White, and this is in the west end of Atlanta. I've talked about this before. This is where like Monday Night Garage is, mm. um, some other brewery projects, uh, different kombucha places, and just a lot of really nice like outdoor gathering spots. And then the Atlanta Dairies is another one that I've been to that's pretty cool. This is whatever you want to call it, downtown, Reynolds town, off of Memorial. So it was a a kind of like commercial dairy for like years and years and years. And now they've converted the space into some restaurants, some breweries are coming up over there and like a music hall. Uh, And again, it's that idea of taking something that was there and not just wiping it out, but really just reusing that space. And there's something about that that I just really
1: love. I think Atlanta has, to your point about maybe just the green space, mm-hmm. and it just has like an old-fashioned vibe sometimes. Like when you get into downtown and some of the individual neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you get to have that like vintage vibe that feels really cool.
0: Well, and I love that industrial look. Yeah. Um, so what better place to do it than in these old kind of industrial parks? Yeah. The other thing is is there's just, like, a ton of parks and murals and public art projects and even, like, the tiny doors. Are you familiar with those? I
1: am. I haven't actually seen one, like, in the wild.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just cool for those who haven't seen them or you don't know what they are or you're not from Atlanta or you're like, shut up, ladies. Anyways, whatever the case is. They're, like tiny little doors that people will put up around the, uh, around the city. I'm showing Nikki. It's very hard. I'm
1: laughing because you said, and like the tiny doors, they're like tiny doors. <laughs>
0: it's a really good explanation, but they're kind of like,
1: <laughs> they're supposed to be like fairy doors. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and it is, it's neat when you do find them because I, it's sort of supposed to be like, Oh, I found one. Um, And it's supposed to like, just be exciting. To kind of find one while you're out on the belt line. Um, Also, I just love tiny things. (laughs) That's what it's really all about. She feels Uh, at home. I do. I could walk through them. They're two inches high. Uh, And those were all my favorites.
1: I went through all my honorable mentions. Uh, So... That I have an addendum. Yo, okay. To the entertainment, like concert one, I forgot to mention. Like when you think about going to see a concert in Atlanta, Mercedes Benz is an amazing place to go for an arena concert. Um, the Gwinnett's Arena mm-hmm. uh, over here in Duluth. I've seen concerts there. It's great for like an arena show. I saw Weezer there, and it was a very or Green Day, and it was a very cool concert. Um, but also. There are some other smaller concert venues in Atlanta that are very cool. Um, so Variety Playhouse in Little Five mm-hmm. um, is a very cool place to see a show if you're going for something much smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you get to be in Little Five, which is a neighborhood that, like, if you're looking for something a little more off the beaten path or a little more, like, um, alternative, it's a very cool place to go. They have the Vortex where you can get some really cool hamburgers. It's a cool place to be. Mm-hmm. Um and then also the Tabernacle is actually super historic and very, it's a very pretty place to see a concert. I've seen Hanson there. It was lovely. I saw um, the All-American Rejects in the Cotton Club, which is underneath the Tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very cool venue. So I wanted to add into those. Um It's a really neat
0: venue. Um, I'm a huge fan of Little Five for those who are not from around here. It's the Greenwich Village of the South.
1: That's very cool.
0: Um, Well, so I think for me, this was just sort of a reminder that they're real. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, Georgia. Um, But it was such a nice reminder that there are a ton of things to do in the city. Where we live in the suburbs is not always the worst you know
1: i know there's a lot of cool stuff in the suburbs we don't get enough credit or and during the pandemic a lot of in-town people have moved to the suburbs and like it's so cool out here and i'm like yes it is we're people we enjoy <laughs> entertainment uh but
0: uh, i'm like don't be crowding it up now no please don't we
1: can't handle anymore we're full
0: what i'm trying to say is this get out and explore where you live there may be more than what you ever expected That's this week's edition of Extra Sugar.